0: And
1: then I think we're going to better
2: it down Hey, this is Alexis Hi, I'm Sione This is Vika
3: It's Sean
2: Hey, this is Lonnie
4: And we're, and we're Nima. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode with Nima. And I am joined today with the lovely and ugly, no, I'm just kidding, my co-host, say hello. Oi. Hello. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Good. I'm good. Turn it up on All a right. Tuesday. Okay. Turn it up on a Tuesday. I we need to get this. on Sean's level. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that for us. Okay, so today's <laughs> episode... <laughs> I just wanted to get into Tonkin tendencies and it's going to be, it's going to be deep. And I hope y'all ready for this. So I hope y'all, you know, pause this, go grab a drink, grab a snack. And if you have any opinions or you want to share your thoughts or you have something that we don't touch on, please feel free to DM us. But I just want to jump right in. Um, Talking about Tongan tendencies and just being Tongan in general, was there ever a time you felt the pressure of growing up too fast because of the roles older siblings have to play?
1: For me, I'm not the oldest. I'm the second oldest. And to be honest with you, I personally, I've never felt that pressure or I've never really had that much responsibility placed on me. I'm thankful that I didn't because I don't think I would have done as good of a job as my older sister mm-hmm. did with helping raise her younger siblings. I can't speak for her, but from what I saw growing up, I think maybe she did have a lot of pressure. My parents, they, they worked so hard when we were a young age, when we were at a, a young age, and they were gone a lot, as I'm sure many people could relate to with that and so she always made sure that we had rides to school always made sure that we were home because she would check on us (laughs) making sure that we were home especially my brother (laughs) but to be honest I honestly I owe a lot to having her sort of take over that maternal role at such a young age and I think because of that obviously she had to grow up pretty quickly Um, I did my best to help her Uh, watch our siblings. And another thing with that, I feel like a lot of people in church and even in our neighborhood kind of saw that maturity in Jocelyn. For her having so much responsibility at such a young age to where she even watched like other kids in the neighborhood, like we we would all just pile into one house and she would watch us all. Or I remember her being like 12 or 13 years old, already babysitting. And I think that's just a reflection of some of the things that
2: she had to take on at an early age. Um, For those that don't know, um, Alexis is actually my older sister. I am the youngest in our family and there's four of us total. So we have an older sister, then it's Alexis, and then it's my brother and then me. And so I feel like I I am through and through uh, the youngest, (laughs) like a youngest child. Um, Personally, I mean, I didn't, have to experience any of those pressures um that my siblings had to go through and I definitely saw it more in my oldest sister but I still felt like there was a lot of pressure put on my older siblings especially being first generation Americans and like alexis mentioned like our parents were always working um and there was just a lot that my sister had to take care of um but yeah I would even say for alexis too i, I Now that she doesn't feel that way, but I felt like I always heard my dad or my mom being like, you need to take care of Vika or like, you know, watch out for Vika kind of thing. But that kind of made me kind of want to grow up a little bit faster because I didn't want to kind of like burden them or it just made me want to act a certain way because I didn't want to make things harder for them because I could see that pressure um, placed on them at such a young age. So yeah, I would say I had it pretty easy for sure I, I consider my all oh, my siblings like second parents to me still to this day
4: I
1: can attest to that because there were times where we were like Vika you better look 18 today we've been to go to this concert we've been to go okay. to this club I was dragged all over mm-hmm. you better bring your homework girls we're going we're all going
0: unless y'all went to the restaurants and like Vika you're 12 today
2: <laughs> exactly. I didn't know who I was
0: she was going through an identity <laughs> crisis. <laughs> you know, actually, I had a similar, I kind of felt the same way that Alexis feel. I didn't feel a lot of pressure growing up. And uh, well, in my family, I am the youngest. I would say that me, my brother, my older brother and my older sister, we didn't have, um, we were kind of all on the same level, to be honest. I felt like we were babied, not not like too much, but we were, our parents just, They just treated us the same. I didn't really know that there was, like, um, a level of respect that Tongan people see in, like, the older siblings. Because we were all, like, pretty much on the same uh, playing field. The only real pressure I felt was from, like, school growing up. But I didn't feel anything about, like, having to grow up too fast.
3: I would agree with Nane. I don't feel like I had to grow up too fast. Um, I did... I am the oldest. I just have two younger brothers, but I've mentioned this before in a previous podcast that my parents divorced when I was like eight. And so I was disconnected from the Tongan culture or and like my Tongan family and a lot of the responsibility that comes within the family setting um, for a long time. And And then as I started getting older and was able to just find my way back to my Tongan family, I can see how there can be a pressure to grow up too fast. Um, I could see how having just the, as the oldest, having all those various responsibilities and always being the go-to or like representative for your family if your parents aren't there um, and that kind of stuff, like there's times that I had to get into that I was like um I don't know what I'm doing I'm like <laughs> there's there's a definitely been I can see it personally I don't think I experienced it just because of uh my like how our, me and my brothers came up mm-hmm. so
4: definitely and I think for me I'm the only child and every time like I come across someone I'm like oh you're Tongan how are you the only child I like I don't know that's my parents like but I feel like I didn't have the pressure of of having to grow up so fast, but I did have the pressure of having to know or do things like by myself. In that sense, like I didn't have anyone to watch or to be like, okay, like she, got, she or he got in trouble for this, so I don't need to do. So I need to do this, and that type of factor. And I think my cousins did a good job of having that example for me, where I can just see, and be like, okay, like this is what I need to do. This is what they're doing in that sense but I feel like as an only child you do you might feel pressure to have to make it seem like you have it all together just because you're the only one and it's like your parents are like okay you need to do this you need to do this and this and this because if we're not here anymore you know you're gonna have to you know keep on the tradition and my parents have always told me that and I don't necessarily you know as a would just felt like pressure but I did see a TikTok of a girl who was Polynesian and she was crying and her thing was she felt super overwhelmed. She didn't really have a childhood, a regular childhood, and she just felt like she was doing all these things and what is she, you know, getting in return. And so I feel like the pressure of having to grow up within the the Polynesian culture, you're either forced to or like the rest of us you know we didn't have it as bad or we're able to balance it in in a way and I and I feel like that brings us into different types of love within our culture um shown or presented in a different way um known as tough love that's a lot of the things that you know within our culture and just in the Tongan tendencies is shown so going into that how was it for you
0: so I feel like um, when I was younger, like in the and ways, I guess I was disrespectful as a child because like looking back at it, like I shouldn't have done a lot of the things that I did. I actually didn't see that as, as a problem back then. It made me realize now that um, how much unconditional love my parents were showing me, even like being like, you know, disrespectful, kind of mean. Not mean, just like in the Tongan ways, they were still loving me, even though I was being disrespectful. And I never knew that until like I grew up and, you know, I didn't realize how hard they were working um, until I got like my first job and realized that $7.20 an hour is not going to support a family. So um, the only like love that I experienced from my parents is pretty much unconditional love and a little tough
3: love. I would say definitely that tough love. I can remember looking back through my childhood and seeing how, you know, my friends and how their parents showed love to them and just kind of like their family with each other. It definitely was different than uh, what I experienced with my dad, with my aunts and uncles, I the, the tough love I saw a lot more from like th- my dad and his general you know like his siblings. but yeah I think it is that tough love for sure. I think everyone experiences that. I think that they mean well, uh, uh, but it comes across very har- it can, it comes across harsh. it comes across uh unloving in the moment. But when you look back at it you're like you know they were just doing it having like my best interests in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just the way the culture is (laughs) the cycle continues yeah
4: (laughs) i thought
2: this is interesting because yeah i i just see the love that like other people show is because of the way that they were shown love kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so like for my dad he is a man of very few words doesn't say a lot of things um but he he always uh, would verbally tell us how much he loved us. Um, but both of my parents both showed their love uh, through their actions more so. But my mom... Was mostly the one who um, she would for sure show us our love through her actions. So, like, never verbally, or sorry, that's rude. I shouldn't say never.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you hear that, Mom? Never verbally. You're right. That's you're to right. right. <laughs> right. get it, makeup. Makeup. <laughs> yeah. oh, we got mommy get issues.
2: It. She... <laughs> no, she said what she said. But, yeah, I said what yeah. I said. Um, but no, like, my mom, she did choose to more so show her love through her actions. Um, But I just think it's funny because I am very much that way, or I used to be at least to where, yeah, I would almost never tell people that I love them. Um, And it wasn't until my uncle, my dad's brother had passed away who, my dad was just like his brother, Um, a man of very few words, but he never like missed the opportunity to tell me or like tell his loved ones that he loved them. And so after he had passed away, that kind of changed the way that I looked at my loved ones and I knew that I wanted to kind of be like that too. So I do struggle (laughs) to um, kind of say like, I love you verbally or, um, and, and I do try to do it through my actions more so nowadays, but if you know me, if, and if I do love you, I will tell you, I love you. And I, I it makes me laugh because I know it makes some people uncomfortable because <laughs> I'm like, I used to be that same exact way, but I hope to like, never miss the opportunity because you never know mm-hmm. what could happen. And so yeah, that's, so I love you at first. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. Does that make you, know? you guys uncomfortable? Yeah. No, not at all, yeah. Vika. So I have a similar story to Vika's because I never really said I love you to people. I thought it was weird. Um, it wasn't until my brother, like he left on his mission and he came back and uh, he said, "You know what, guys? We don't say I love you to each other anymore or enough." He said, "We didn't say I love you to each other enough." And I, at first, I was like, "Oh, why?" Like why yes. you We're know family
2: don't we know right. that? don't we know that
0: <laughs> it makes sense now like it makes sense because uh you know losing my dad I I'm glad that my brother like made us this was eight years or however long like almost 10 years ago that my brother came back from his mission so um we've been saying I love you after that you know if my brother we be like oh hey what are you doing oh eating chips okay bye I love you you know just like it's just quick just saying yeah. it just saying it and letting people know that you love them is one of the best things that I think my brother has taught me as an older sibling that he is. But he didn't teach me everything I know.
1: Yeah, no, that that's so true. Love is such a complicated word in, in all forms. But just to kind of reiterate what Vika was kind of tapping into, um, you could definitely tell the differences between how like your parents were raised, like for sure, and kind of what Vico was saying, my dad's very affectionate when it comes to his kids. And that's something that, you know, we, we probably take for granted because not a lot of, you know, people get that, especially from their dads. Um, obviously, you know, our parents love us, but, um,
4: You're good, sis.
0: It's all good, Alexis. Don't worry.
4: I mm-hmm. We don't. We don't hide emotions here. I literally have no idea where this is coming from.
2: <laughs> Alexis is
4: like coming my from mom. love.
0: It's coming from <laughs> Just love. Kidding.
2: <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. Alexis is not very emotional. I mean, like I. I don't know. I claim to not be as emotional, but <laughs> I feel like Alexis mm-hmm. is definitely not the most emotional.
1: My mom was just one of those Polynesian, you know, just one of those OGs that was a very tough love-oriented person. Um, It was very rare that she shared emotions with us, like verbal emotions with us, um, like affection. Those aren't things that you need to say to believe it, but I definitely feel like it's an issue for a lot of kids growing up because I feel like that is something that just that just needs to be said and you know I feel like as we've gotten older and you know obviously we we live apart and she always she says it a lot now and kind of kind of to go back on what None was saying like it's just one of those things where you just realize that you know your families grow up you grow apart sometimes you know literally you move and that's just a word you start using. I didn't use that word with my siblings until my brother went on his mission. And, you know, we really started saying that as siblings. So it was just one of those things where it's a good practice to learn. It's a good thing to have. And it's a good thing to share, especially with people that you genuinely love.
0: Makes Back sense. to our
1: regularly scheduled program. Thank you
0: for that, Alexis.
1: Thank <laughs> you for yes, sharing.
4: That's beautiful. And I kind of agree more with what everyone has said. And I feel like for me growing up obviously being only child like your parent it's just your parents and you and I've always heard it but I've always growing up a lot of other kids it wasn't or you I could tell it wasn't there or it wasn't to them so they would always come up like dude we love your parents um they just love you so much whatever and I'd be like okay yeah you know like okay like that's cool but like now I'm like oh man I'm so grateful like my parents they call me every night. It's like a schedule for them. They have to call me every night um, since I moved here to Utah. And it's just a little chit-chat, but it's really just to say goodnight and I love you. And I think for me, that's just the smallest things that a parent or you in your, in your life, that you could just say those little things to each other and it, and it matters. And so it's up to you and how you take it and how you are able to go with it and say, okay, what can I do? Um, like I'm gonna mention, you know, his brother said, you know, we don't say I love you enough, so let's say it a little more. So if you're listening to this and you're, you're thinking, man, I don't remember the last time I said I love you to someone, um, make that your goal to say that to someone, whether it's your parents, sibling, friend. And as we go through that sweet, sweet memory of love and stuff, I do want to jump into the double standards that we go through within. The culture and within just being Tongan or being a Tongan girl or a Tongan boy, what are some things that you think are worth keeping within the tradition or is worth giving a change? And I think for me, being a Tongan girl growing up, it was like school, home, church, home, you know, family stuff, home it's not, even even if I ask my parents, like, oh, can I go sleep over? They're like, no. Or I'm like, okay, can they come sleep over my house? Like, our house? Since you're saying I can't go over there? And they're like, no. <laughs> like, just stay home. Like, it's okay. And, it, and it's never because they didn't like, you know, like those family members or I, I just wasn't um, allowed, if that makes sense. It's just within the culture And sleepovers, it just wasn't, it's a touchy area as to, because there were so many factors within the home, you know, sexual acts where it's raping or different things. In growing up, I never thought of that. I always thought my parents were like so rude, like didn't love their family, like didn't want me to, you know talk or get to know my cousins or have that bond. And so I'd always get mad when I asked, can I go sleep over, can I go sleep over? they be like, no. And now that I'm older and I hear these stories of different girls being in that, having that happen to them, and it's swept under the rug or it's not talked about as much. I just think, man, Okay, so my parents, my parents wasn't being rude. My parents did love their family. Um, It's just, you never know. And you know, things happen. And so I think within the culture and just those double standards, being able to go out as a girl was never a thing. I would ask to um, go out with my friends, like to the movies and it's like, no, like stay home. But I'll see my guy cousin they'll be like, okay, mom, I'm going here. They'll be like, okay, son, like, be back, you know, be safe or come tonight. And even if they didn't come that night and it came the next morning, it was like, oh, like, are you okay? Like, did you have fun? You know, it wasn't never, oh, my gosh, where were you? Like, stay home. And I'd always think, like, why are they able to? And I'm not able to. And I get it, like, things happen, but I feel like, if I know what to do or certain things to do and not to do, then, you know, why can't I go on? I always think about that because it is, it goes hand in hand with the Dober standards in their, in their culture. And I, I know people are going to be like, girl, you're being ungrateful. Like, that's what being a Tongan girl is, is being nofumau. And I get that. The, the reasonings behind it is respectful and just trying to protect, them but at the same time it's like if I could take care of myself and I could you know I understand those values and stuff you know why can't I why is that still a a thing yeah and so I just want to open that discussion and it's like what do you guys think about that
0: yeah I mean Um, if anything they should be teaching the boys to not like do stuff like that that way um. I mean it just doesn't make sense to me I'm a feminist now anyway <laughs> but yeah um they should definitely be teaching the boys to be more respectful and not the and not having the girls um being kept in because my sister I'm not saying that she like went through I mean I'm not even going to speak for my sister but I did see notice that there was a little bit of difference between me growing up and her growing up And, like, I was able to do, like, if I wanted to go out, I could. But, like, my sister, she had to, like, ask my parents. It was just easier for me to do things. So I definitely see that there was a double standard in my own household. But it wasn't, like, too much, if that makes sense. Mm
2: -hmm. That right there, like, what Lonnie had explained is 100% what I would change. (laughs) For whatever reason, they find it easier to protect. I put that in air quotations, to protect women or their daughters rather than correcting the the behaviors and the actions of these predators who they clearly know are around, right? Especially uh, amongst families um, and things like that. And within my family, we, again, like Alex kind of said, like we grew up with our dad's family um, and we, we were able to sleep over at their house, but I was just always so confused. So like me and my dad, we are like, I don't know how to explain this, but we're always on the same level. My dad always got my back. <laughs> <Thanks>. um, yeah. <laughs> like Loki, I'm my dad's favorite. Um, he's the youngest. Low-key. Alexa, okay. is that true? <laughs> Okay, maybe like, I don't know if you guys
1: know
4: this. <laughs> right. You guys might not know this,
2: but my dad loves me. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> but no yeah, like anything that I wanted, my dad would literally always give to me, except for when it came to sleepovers. And um, and this would just be to like sleep over at people's homes. Like I think there was only one friend that my dad or my parents allowed us to sleep over at, and that's that was our next door neighbor and she was basically like our following mom like we literally would not be alive without this family but anyways I just remember being like in like sixth grade and just asking my dad like oh like it's my friend's birthday we're gonna have a sleepover and my dad would literally be like no sorry like and I was just so confused that's how spoiled I was <laughs> that I literally was like what I thought we I thought you had my back and I'm just feeling the really confused. yeah <laughs> city. Yeah, I was. Like, huh? yeah, I was yeah, we both really definitely
0: just did the same joke.
2: <laughs> but yeah, in that aspect, I understand now that he was just trying to protect me from mm-hmm. other people, other things happening. Mm-hmm. um And it wasn't until I was old, even older. Now, this is like within more recent years that I didn't know how much sexual assault happened between Polynesian families, like. I had no idea um, and I'm grateful that I, you know, obviously was protected or I, I never had to go through that, but looking mm-hmm. at it just blows my mind. Cause this is like generations of this happening, right? Like this isn't right. just like new <laughs> mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, we still find it easier to just m- try and control women as if it's their fault for getting sexually assaulted. Rather Mm -hmm. than, again, like None said, educating these men or whoever to respect other people (laughs) and their boundaries and things like that. It it just blows my mind and it makes me very upset. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I would most definitely change that double standard. Mm -hmm. Um, Just educating Everyone, especially on sex, I'm gonna say it. I know, I know. There's a lot of people like, ooh, ooh like that. So we're just, oh, the oh my gosh, like, what I is that? You? But no, like it is so necessary to be educated, both men and women. Right, it needs to be talked about, and you need to educate your kids on mm-hmm. what healthy sex is and what boundaries are. Even if right, like it's not your own family members that are doing this to to the women in your family, like it should still be talked about how women can protect themselves when in that situation. Obviously it'll never be the victim's fault, right? Rape is always the rapist's fault, Mm -hmm. but I think just normalizing like what it is and what is consent and what isn't consent is so important. And yeah, I'm going to stop talking now. (laughs) And
0: uh, Vika.
2: I feel like because that
1: word, that topic, that discussion is so taboo, I feel like within cultural things, nobody's educated on that. And you can tell. I mean, it's very apparent. And in that sense, I do you want to agree with what everybody has said. I think that there's also a double standard within siblings as well, because I was living my best life as sleepovers, to be completely honest with you. Whereas and it's just Ooh. weird that you know, obviously Vika wasn't able to, and and that's that's 100% true. Very rarely was Vika ever able to go to sleepovers, but I was for whatever reason. And obviously you have the double standards of the way that you treat your younger kids and the way you treat yeah. your older kids, the way yes. that you treat the girls in your family and the way that you treat the boys in your family. So it's just like, you know, it's, un- it's an unhealthy thing, definitely, for mm-hmm. sure. But it's so common that it's really sad to be honest i also wanted to get into the double standard of pregnancies a lot of times when you find out that a girl is pregnant she and and she's not married or you know whatever the case may be i feel like there's always so much negativity towards the fact that she's having a baby you know a lot of things are put into question And a lot of these things I've also seen on Twitter to poly Twitter, to be honest with you, just the difficulties that a lot of the women have to go through alone Mm -hmm. um, where a lot of the guys aren't really held accountable or aren't held responsible, or, you know, they Mm -hmm. obviously have an easier time covering things up, but, you know, there's a lot of things with the women that are put into question, you know, a lot of people question who the baby's father is. um, A lot of people, just get question disowned. The way that you, yeah disowned <laughs> mm-hmm. um they question the way that you live your life like oh it's because she's been running around town you know doing right. this and that where you know you guys do that all the time on mm-hmm. the daily and there's never any repercussions or there's not even really a discussion you know about right. holding you know them accountable too mm-hmm. so yeah
0: um, yeah um right yeah um like we just accept
2: know. it yeah
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's like something weird like that the Tongans do, and I feel like it's super double standard. Um, it's like when girls, this is just weird in general. Like this is the, like one of the weirdest things. And I know we talked about it in the previous podcast. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. And I <laughs> pretty, you know, there because is. okay, okay. Let's say when two Tongan people, like a boy and a girl, get married, um, they have to have sex with a family like sitting outside the door and you know you you can never tell like if the guy's a virgin or not but the girl she has like it's a lot of pressure being put on her because she has to like show the sheet that they were like sleeping on and like it has to have blood on it you know i'm not like familiar with the vagina why
3: not (laughs) but
0: apparently like i guess it bleeds so anyways um yeah. And like the girls, they have to show that they're pure, but the guys don't really have to show that they're pure or anything mm. like it's, yeah, double standard all around.
2: And see, there, there's another reason why you need to be educated in sex. Yes. Not every woman will bleed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I one thing that was huge on social media, and I think that's why we talked about it, was this one couple that had to go through that the girl ended up not bleeding on the sheet all over apparently that's what they were expecting and the mm-hmm. grandma just popped off on her for just calling her a hoe and just being unworthy but that's not how that happens it's called a hymen and mm-hmm. only sorry
3: <laughs> y'all don't
2: want the what? lesson it's but- like the
0: heisman <laughs> yeah.
2: we're doing the heisman but that is not always the case and it sometimes it breaks or it that thing that bleeds that can happen through regular activity, through sports, through riding a horse, through like so many other things. It's not just sex.
0: Riding a horse? You're just kidding. I thought we no, only we
4: horses. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so bad. bad i was like should i say it? okay i'm just kidding, but... <laughs> no but it, it's so true and it's so taboo to talk about and it's like how are they gonna know if you don't talk about it everything you do like or we do it always falls on the parents like that's so true what is mom doing what is the dad doing and i don't ever want people to doc my parents for anything you know that i end up doing or things that i i say you know that oh like her parents didn't teach her like no my parents did teach me they did you know mm-hmm. show me unconditional love and stuff it was just my choices right hold me accountable Maya. yeah exactly right. like right. you don't ever have to dock to parents because you know they're doing their thing mm-hmm
0: so, so, and I'm doing my thing. On its on Right.
2: That's so weird that they just like can't decipher that. Like, right. Between the two. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yeah. Too much. Someone listening to this, they're gonna hate me. Mm-hmm. They're gonna hate my parents because I said yeah. S <laughs> E X.
4: You know,
0: um. Well- <laughs> story when we were younger, mm-hmm. me and my brother and sister, like, we just called sex S like oh my gosh did you like i don't know why we were even talking about it <laughs> back then
4: but we were like oh s it's so true like what we like and people are listening like how can they talk about this so openly no your ears need to listen and you need to talk about this we in america right, now if your parents <laughs> didn't talk about it dm us the
2: more you know
4: you. guys the more you know right, right. and it's not taboo you to yourself. talk about it exactly i get it like back in the days it might be taboo but
3: can what I... a double standard to be so taboo about a subject and then have this whole thing of like on the wedding night that has to do with that and like you haven't talked about it to, with your kids at all growing up right taboo you can't talk about like that definitely is a double standard End of, End of.
4: Mm-hmm. and going into that the topic of fahu is always high or low it's like you never know what you're <laughs> gonna get with it because you i hear all i always hear all these stories like people hating their fahu's, like, their fahu did this, like, um, they don't respect them, like, they're like, what's a fahu, you know, but to me, like, I love my father, like, I love my dad's sisters, and a fahu is is your dad's sisters, and the terms are either fahu, hekitanga, or mama, and for me, my dad's sisters, they never, in any way or, you know, type or form, they never had shown any animosity or negative energy towards me where I felt that way um but hearing that's always a big thing within a culture of people's fahu's treating them poorly or only loving them or showing up to things because they know they're going to take they're going to receive things they know that you know they're going to be held at a top minor and so for you guys um have you ever had that incident or have you ever seen you know, or heard other people talk about that? Because for me, I mean, I love my dad's sisters and they, you know, again, they never I never once had to go through that. And so hearing people's stories and what they go through, I'm like, what? Like, I could right. never. Yeah,
0: no, I'm right there with you, Lonnie, because I mean, I love my Fahu. I love my dad. Well, actually, to be honest, I'm not even sure what like the Fahu significance is. I just know like it's my dad's sister. But like, I mean, I love my aunties. They've never been disrespectful. They've never acted like higher than me. So when I hear people like going through stuff with their fahu, I, I get I just get confused.
3: I I haven't had any negative personally like any negative experiences with mine. Um, my relationship with them, you know, they're they're definitely loving and they definitely uh, I have heard of, of incidents where I wasn't around or like I didn't experience. Um, I've with like my cousin, some of my cousins, I've heard uh, just my dad has like half siblings, uh, too, older like half sisters that, um, you know, I know that there's been like drama with that. And like, who's the fahu? Who, or, you know, you know, Ooh, just like what's the tea? <laughs> stuff with like Um, I mean, no tea. So I'm just like, really, like right. someone died here, guys. Like, oh, yeah. this mm-hmm. is what we're fighting no, about. Yeah, like, yeah. very true. So, um, I when it comes to that stuff, uh, I I kind of feel like the it it gets carried away. Like it's it's too too much um, of, like, a selfish thing to, you know, when it comes to, oh, I should be the Fahu of this wedding because I this, 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 or, like, you know, of, or a funeral especially because I'm, like, dude, we're here to, like, celebrate someone's life and, like, mourn their them leaving us. So, like, come on, let's go. But, uh, yeah, I think... It's a pretty interesting, uh, tridi- like, cultural thing that we have uh, fahu because I don't think there's. I think we're the only Polynesian uh, culture that has it, and uh, even like the king of Tonga has a fahu, and it's it's. I, I find that very interesting that even in a, sorry, even in like a monarchy with a a ruling. Ah uh, king there's still this uh, female role that plays v- a very very significant role in his culture you know
2: yeah i I am so grateful that I've never had to um, experience such um, embarrassing <laughs> uh, experiences that I hear from other people with their fahu um I truly and genuinely believe I have the best fahu in the world. <laughs> no offense to y'all fahu's
4: <laughs> <laughs> no but she is a bitch. <laughs> um
2: but yeah I, I have never felt anything but love and support um and even respect from my fahu and yeah I hear all these crazy things happening <laughs> right. at people's funerals and weddings and Um. again, like Sean said, it can get really chaotic and bad really quickly because it's like this weird power that people feel, (laughs) like this weird status that people want to feel and be a part of. But yeah, I think um, having a Fahu can be like a really beautiful thing because again, like Sean said as well, like there's not really other Polynesian islands that... Um, kind of honor a matriarch, and mm-hmm. you mostly see like these male roles, and and males are still like obviously, held to. <laughs> they are important uh, within our culture, but again, like the the fahu is, um, I guess, that HBIC. I was going.
3: <laughs> no, really, though. Huh? Are you talking about me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah,
2: I, I guess too. yeah, I guess that's why it is such a it can turn into a crazy thing because exactly. it is so such a high uh, mm-hmm. calling status i don't know
1: well spoiler alert Vika and i both have the same fahu <laughs>
2: ah, you do <laughs>
1: oh my god <laughs> yes. prove it and you know what i'm gonna give her a shout out shout out to my fahu daphne wolfgram holding it down in orlando florida
0: okay hey.
4: he literally
1: is you know i obviously 100% agree with Vika. she is honestly somebody who has always taken care of my siblings and I, no matter what. And to be honest with you, my, my Fahu and my dad, there's such a huge age gap that she almost also fills that role of, of grandma for me. I know it's kind of weird, but in a way, she has that same motherly affection that, that you would find anywhere else within, you know, a, um, a, Matriarch figure in your life. And so we have a responsibility as well to respect them in a way um, that we would our own parents. And so, like I said, we have a great relationship with our Fahu. Um, honestly, I, I feel like I don't deserve her sometimes. When I was sick and I had to move home, she was literally cooking me Sunday dinners, homemade peach cobbler. Um, and then even after that, she would check up on me, like, pretty regularly, and that's why I'm just like, man, I do not deserve her, and sorry, auntie, I'm gonna give you a call, I, I promise, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just one of those things where, and that's just the relationship we've always had with her, to where my dad and my mom let my father name, um, my sister and I, it's just one of those things to where you can tell the relationship that you have with your fahu based on the relationship that they have with their yes. siblings. I think that's it's, so important. It's
4: so true. True. Love that. It is so true. My fahu, my dad's older sister, recently passed away last year in August, and I had to go and fulfill my duties by myself. Uh, My dad had COVID and so he couldn't come to the funeral and it was definitely heartbreaking because he had to basically watch from the phone. I had to FaceTime him um, just so he can say his goodbyes and it was just heartbreaking to see because my dad, he loves his sister so much and like he would do anything. They, They would call him and be like, hey, you know, just saying hi and then can you send me a cooler fish? And it'd be the next day my dad's sending a cold fish, you know, just the simplest things. And he goes above and beyond. And so me having to fulfill my duties by myself, you know, as an only child, all my cousins, my first cousins, there's there's 11 of them. So they had each other and it was all of them. And then it was just me when it came down for me to go up and it. It was just like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) like, okay, do this by myself, but. I had to chop my hair and, I, and I'd and honestly do it all over again. And I feel like chopping my hair to the shortest that she could go to was just for me, just showing my last um, duties and my ultimate respect for her. And I feel like in the culture and being Polynesian, um, they often, we often say like, oh, we don't need family. I mean, we, <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> wait a minute we don't need friends what because we have family why would i say that that is so crazy um and so it's like <laughs> oh you know i don't need my friends like what's that uh and so how is the bond that you have with your your siblings or your cousins um different from the ones that you have with your friends like what makes that special for you and i think for me i ain't got no siblings right and so he that is probably like the only group of friends who are literally like my siblings to the T. Um, we've all been to each other's houses. Our parents are close. Um, we could literally be like Friday night. Hey, what are you guys doing? Okay, nothing. Okay, come to my house. Two so hour drives away, traveling. by the way. <laughs> two hour drives. Two hours, two hours there, two hours back so four hours total traveling. But we would make it happen. Like it was no thing for us to travel to each other's houses. Our parents like didn't see none of us any different. It was just an add-on, an add-on right. kid to their family. And, and I was allowed to sleep all... over
2: at their house because I forgot to right? I, guess, I guess there was <laughs> yeah. an exception now that I was an adult. <laughs> you guys leveled right? up. And,
4: <laughs> and that's been happening since 2014. And I think like that type of friendship is just that it's the same bond or same level as if I had siblings or with my cousins, that's the same thing for me. So what, what about you guys?
0: Yeah, you know, I definitely agree with Lonnie. Um, I, I think that why I love being around family so much or why I love being around my cousins and my is because they were like raised similar to how me and my brother and sister were raised um especially my first cousins they were I had two of my first cousins who were living here for uh two months and you know it's it was great like I still had to like you know it was still regular like we would argue every now and then but it was just it was it was it was nothing but love the reason why I think it's different like hanging around with my regular friends I mean not regular friends just like you know my friends who I'm not related to um is because there's some things that my friends do that I just I it it just doesn't make sense to me that's why I, I like being around family
3: yeah I definitely agree with you had mentioned that your siblings or cousins will they will understand your up, upbringing in the sense that they uh, like their parents are siblings to your parents right like their parents went through the same thing your parents went through, and so it's trickling down to you, it's trickling down to your siblings. And so there's definitely that, like, bond there of a mutual understanding of how your parents were raised um, and, like, things that you can experience or have to deal with in your family. And also, I think having – I mean, there's definitely friends in your life, like – like, like BSAT, where you, they're going to be friends forever. But there's uh, one thing that I think sets, f- like, the friends apart from siblings and family, uh, and that relationship is, like, and this sounds so rude, and I'm not saying this, like, to you guys, but honestly, friends can come and go. Like, You can move on, grow out of friendships. You can move on into different places in your life, uh, but your family will always be bonded to you and always be tied to you uh, like that's blood. So there's definitely that just underlying bond uh, in general. But I think uh, just a mutual understanding of upbringing definitely is, is something that your friends don't really can understand. Like you can try to explain something that you're dealing with with your parents and they're like,
2: can't relate like
3: yeah.
0: no idea sneak out you're 18
2: yeah. tell them no what yeah <laughs> oh yeah <Tell> <laughs> <Exactly>. when, <that's laughs> <100%. Hello?
0: laughs> yeah when friends are like oh, why can't you just go or or okay even when I like turned 18 and I was technically an adult my friends will be like you know my parents still expect me to follow their rules I lived under their house but actually what Sean um, was saying kind of reminded me of a quote that I saw in MySpace. Hella years ago, friends end in E-N-D and family ends in I-L-Y.
2: Ooh, that's the oh.
3: That sounds like MySpace.
1: And that sentence ends in period. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for, for me, I feel like I totally agree with what everybody's saying. I think it's so much easier, obviously, because of the way that we were raised. I think the cool thing cool thing for, for me to actually see the bonds that we have are incomparable to anybody else is, uh, a few years ago when Biko got married, I met my first cousin for the first time, uh, who came in from Australia. And right off the bat, we just clicked in ways that even my f- first cousins on my dad's side that, that I've never clicked with before have really bonded. And so I just, I love that obviously we were raised the same but we have a lot of similar personalities and I think that goes a long way to when you can just you know joke around with somebody without knowing without having to worry about their feelings getting hurt (laughs) in a sense
2: she just Um, it right back
1: (laughs) exactly but it's just being comfortable with people that are just so similar to you is something that you can't find anywhere else I guess
2: I feel so like, again, we've said this like a million times tonight (laughs) is that we grew up with our dad's side um, and most of my mom's family there in Australia and New Zealand and back in Tonga as well. There's a huge age gap between like my dad and his siblings. So obviously a lot of my first cousins, there's there's also a huge age gap between us and them. And so I I felt like they were just kind of like older like they almost kind of, like Alexis said, like our father kind of felt like a grandma. And then at some degree, some of my first cousins would feel like aunties or uncles because with the age gap, they really they really could have been. <laughs> so I'm super grateful for the relationship that my parents pushed on me and my siblings because I feel like that. I mean, of course, you're going to be a lot closer with your siblings than like maybe cousins. And I'm super grateful for that because I feel like growing up with my friends, their relationships with their siblings was so weird to me. Just things like that. People are like, oh, I don't talk to my siblings at all. Like, I don't have a relationship with them, Um, which made me even more grateful for my siblings. Um, And even my cousins too. People don't really know their cousins. But yeah, I, I feel grateful for the relationship that I have with my siblings, and my cousins.
1: That reminds me of a quote that I um, saw on MySpace um, a few years ago. It was, if you know me, you know my family.
2: I thought <laughs> you were going to... I know, yeah, hella tricked me. You hella tricked me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay.
2: I <laughs> thought you were going to say exactly what Nona said.
1: Just kidding. No. <laughs> no, but I, I, I love that quote. I think it's so true. Because, yeah, I don't think that there's anybody that doesn't know me that... At least isn't familiar with one of my siblings. I
4: definitely agree. Um, I noticed a trend with first and second generation Tongan Americans in how they decide um, not to physically discipline their kids, and so I know that's a big thing within our culture, just because we always hear that. Like, it feels like it I, is our culture getting, get that. like that's <laughs> the first thing that they'd be like right they'd be like oh you need to hit them or <laughs> you know and just going into that what are your thoughts you know in in disciplining and how to go about that and personally I never had to be physically disciplined um maybe like a little slap on the arm or like a little bite to the head but it wasn't never like thought like I hear these stories like hitting you with uh, an extension cord or like I've seen mm. my cousins get hit with the electrical wire like you know that's how my uncles and aunt, that's how my uncles you know <laughs> decided to that's handle they their business
3: up. that's the closest item um, like <laughs> shouldn't
2: have been that, saying with electrical it. wire and, yeah. and so
4: seeing that I am like oh my gosh like I'd be so sad for them whatever but like personally, I've never had that where it was you know enforced in our home. I, I personally that was my experience and so for you guys like thoughts do you agree do you disagree would you enforce that? I, I would yeah you would
3: I, I would
2: f- you would physically discipline
3: i I would, but the thing is so I grew up being disciplined physically uh, I think too far at times uh, which you know a lot of people hear about that and it was just so normal to me I think when I notice or not notice but when I think about disciplining is when I notice other people or kids acting up or acting a certain way and I'm like they were never they were never beat they were never disciplined when they were a kid. I, I even see it in social media. I see people, adults, grown people, act up, and people in the comments are like, they were never beat as a child, right. like they were never mm-hmm. disciplined. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I I I can agree that yeah. there's signs in how people can can act that mm-hmm. show, um, or I guess like disciplining can can teach kids lessons that need to be learned for when they're older or just like mm-hmm. how to act in public, how to be a decent human being, I don't know. But um, that I, I think in our culture, there's definitely times where it goes farther than it needs to.
1: I definitely think that there needs to be a balance, a healthy balance, Right. Um, but I'm, I'm sort. I agree with what Tron said. I think discipline teaches you a lot. First off, I, I feel like it teaches you respect It'll definitely make you listen faster. At least, and these are, uh, this is my opinion on things. So that's just based off of my experiences. And I look sort of like what Sean said. I feel like you can only do so much when you verbally talk to people and try to tell them, you know, not to do things. Like I obviously, I have no kids. So I don't know what those experiences are like when you have you know a toddler throwing you know a temper tantrum in the store, or when you have kids that don't listen, um, that need to be pinched in sacrament. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think that there needs to be a healthy balance to where you are able to communicate discipline and distribute discipline. There are a lot of Polynesians that are damaged by that, and so I definitely get and understand why they won't lay a hand or a finger mm-hmm. on their kids because of the things, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen things fly that I didn't know could fly. And I've seen things broken that should never have been broken. I didn't, and, and you know, it's, and it's sad that a lot of us have experienced those things. Obviously we turn out the way that, I also feel like that's why a lot of us turn out so similar mm-hmm. based off of those experiences, but I think that there needs to be a way for us to get to that point without going to the extremes.
0: You know, honestly, I... Me and my sister, we talk about this all the time. You know, when she has kids or when I have kids, I want 12, by the way, in case I missed Vika's uh, little vlog thing. Anyways, <laughs> um, me and my sister, we talk about it. Be like, oh, if my kid's acting up, you better beat her or him or, you know, we like say that to each other because we want to hold our like we, you know, it takes a village to raise the kids. And we want the best for, you know, my nieces or nephew or my sister's nieces or nephews, you know, vice versa. I feel if you spoil your kids too much and yeah they'll have a temper tantrum when you like at 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 the store for not getting them what they want but you know if you raise them with love and not overindulge them with everything they want you know you could not have to resort to being physical with them however if it needs to get there (laughs) Believe me, I'll, I'll lay a few hands on some people. Okay. No one's safe. Except my mother.
2: <laughs> um. Personally, I have actually been thinking about this a lot. And I hope to have kids uh, in the near future or in the future. I don't know. I am kind of half and half on the matter. Right? I don't have kids yet. So I'm not judging anyone who... <laughs> disciplines their children a certain way but I feel like the discipline majority of us have received is like genuinely insane like it is actual it's like straight up abuse what a lot of Tongans go through um at such a young age and it is done physically verbally like um I feel like it's just very aggressive (laughs) a lot of Tongan kids I I know everyone can relate honestly I don't know a single Tongan within at least my generation with that hasn't been disciplined physically and again some some of them are you know just like a little smack here there and then there are a lot of people I know who have legit been like beat up by their parents um over some crazy things um And so I hear this often, but I hear people being like, oh, it made me into, I'm a good person. It made me into a good person. So I'm just doing that for my kids when really like you are just pushing the trauma that you went through onto your own kids kind of thing. Like it's just a huge toxic cycle. And I I feel (laughs) that like hitting your kids really does cause so much harm mentally. Um, And I feel like this is why our people are so bad at communicating because we don't know how to handle our feelings. And a lot of us aren't given the opportunity to really um, process our feelings. And it's, we go again, like zero to 100, we're angry and people start hitting. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I don't know. I I don't think it is as effective as some people think. Um, But I do think that kids are, um, like, discipline isn't, like, a one-size-fits-all. So I think certain kids need certain boundaries set for them, different ways to discipline for them. But, yeah, you just have to find what's best for each child. I would actually like to see more Tongans kind of take this approach in a healthy manner, right. like... Communicating. Yeah. Communicating is a huge, huge part of mm-hmm. that. And something that you want to teach your kids, you want them to feel like they can open up to you
4: without being scared I always have wondered like when I see other people beating their kids like that I'm like dang are they beating them for what they did or is this trauma from before and it's just it triggers them and that's why they keep it just goes on like that and it becomes a beating um more than what it it, it is so I always think that like is that a trigger for you where you're you're just beating them, beating them to they're bleeding or bruised, and you're like, okay, like or, you finally stop, you know. And so it's like, are you okay? Like,
3: yeah, or like, <laughs> are they taking out frustration that they're having with their yeah. siblings, their workplace, mm-hmm. like I don't know, Spouse? and then
4: yeah,
3: yeah, like are they taking that frustration out through this physical discipline, yeah. and now it's turned into this mm-hmm. brutal beating,
4: right? Yeah because like, obviously you, you don't know I love you. right i hate you because i love you I'm like oh right after you're done crying they would be like you know why i did that it's because i love you mm. yeah, and that's like, that wow. tough love <laughs> so, you know it's so
3: annoying why are, why,
2: why are you crying why are you crying fix uh, your
3: face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they want you to cry but then when you cry you're like
2: right you're gonna get uh, more yeah. No, this is trauma bonding.
3: <laughs> the damage, the psychological the damage.
4: damage. No, Yeah, right. um, I've always, right, literally though, that we all can relate. But I've always wondered that because to me, I don't know if I, if, if it comes, you know, when I had kids and stuff, whatever I'm disciplining and stuff, and it has to come to that manner if it needs to. You know, I hope I don't go overboard, you know, but it brings me to my last thing is what's something within our culture can you offer to other people or you would want to share to people of another um, culture, you know, ethnicity, all of that.
0: Um, something that I love about the Tongan culture is how giving the people are. Like, even if they have like $2 in the bank account, they will go all out for someone and more. And in my personal experience, uh, my dad, when my dad passed away, we received donations from family, families, churches, people I didn't know who were in my family, like everybody was donating to us. And I, I mean, we didn't ask for it. We were just like, you know, we were just overwhelmed with how many, how much love people were showing us and how giving they were to us. So if uh, that's like something that I would want to give to like other cultures or hope that other cultures have is just how giving our
3: people are. I agree 100% with uh, the respect, the love and the, the giving um, and like the generosity. And I think there is definitely with those things there's just this sense of like just a general love for each other as human beings as people here on earth as like brothers and sisters of you know honestly we can all trace back to two people adam and eve and uh, we're all family so i think it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah how deep adam and eve deep one thing i noticed especially with my brothers My brother, my middle brother went to, he served his mission in Tonga and he came back a different person. Like he came back with a better understanding and like through him, I learned a lot and and realized that, wow, like our culture is a very open and like the shirt off my back to help you out. Uh, type of people uh, very prideful people but a loving and like very generous like you, people will come out the woodworks that you haven't even heard of and show their love and uh, offer any help that they can so and I think society really could use that right now
2: I know we mentioned pride <laughs> but I I feel like minus a, a bunch of prideful people I feel like our cultures also very humble like our people are very humble in the things that they have and again that just goes along with their generosity there's not a lot of like flaunting maybe in America there is but (laughs) amongst American Tongans but I feel like for the most part we do have very humble people and that could just be because of our humble beginnings (laughs) um, in general but I also just think it's because we just have a genuine love for others um and again like everyone else has said I love the respect aspect the love aspect and um yeah I I feel like that is something I am very proud of uh when it comes to our culture
1: that reminds Um, me of uh of another quote that I saw on my (laughs) space (laughs)
2: <laughs> tell us
0: we need to uh, no. I,
1: open I, I this mean, archive <laughs> right? I'm just kidding I was going tw- 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 to <laughs> I was going to say it reminds me of this quote that I saw on MySpace I don't have much but what I have <laughs> I can
0: do <laughs> oh my gosh I anyway so we
1: I think, I think one thing the Tongan culture can offer to just other people in general is our sense of humor I feel like no matter what, even when we probably shouldn't, we just have, um, we're always looking on, you know, the the bright side of things, ways to lighten up a mood or, you know, just to, to put a smile on other people's faces, even if it comes during a funeral. I feel like, I know that's weird, but I, I feel like when there are a lot of funerals, I feel like that's when people laugh the most, just reflecting on... You know, joyous times and good memories. And I feel like a lot of Polynesians also have the same sense of humor. It's where they can make, you know, light of any situation and um, always find, you know, the good in things. And so I feel like if we could offer that to just other people, you know, maybe maybe others wouldn't be offended so oft- so often, or maybe they actually would. I feel like everybody <laughs> would just
4: Yo, rightfully tong- roast each other.
2: Tongans would be canceled. <laughs> or capital
1: right? No, but I oh, I, I just feel crazy. like the way that we look at life is different from others because of the humor that we have and and the way that we carry ourselves with uh with our personalities, and so yeah,
4: I think that is something that we could definitely share with others. Definitely. And, you know, as many times as you hear, or if you've ever said, you know, I'm proud to be Tongan, and I'm proud to be able to be a part of this culture. And whether you're Tongan, full Tongan, Tongan Samoan, or you're Samoan, or if any, you know, Polynesian descent, like, be I hope you are just as proud to be Polynesian as I am and I'm so grateful for these Tongan tendencies that we have whether it's good or bad whether we have positive or negative experiences we're able to you know have memories or stories to talk about just as we have you know during this during this podcast it's good to get in that type of conversation with different people other than family or if you're friends just so you're you're able to I think I said educate yourself because that's important whether you know it or not it's something that needs to be said or or needs to be talked about you know and as always thank you guys for listening thank you guys for tuning in whether you're liking whether you're sharing you're taking time out of your day to listen to us we're so grateful that you guys are listening to us and until the next episode thank you thank you you. you. next